0: at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to the Monday morning edition of the Rowdy Light Show. We'll get this here. Denny Hamlin and Victory Circle for the Xfinity race and also Kyle Larson last night, man. How he pulled it off. Uh, You know, kind of back and forth. Then he looked strong, got caught up in a a little mess like some of the other drivers that had strong cars. Uh, Made for one great weekend, guys. If you've never been to Darlington, it was a sellout, both races. And if you see the videos, any photos I have, everything was full. So uh, congratulations to Darlington for another sellout. Uh, congratulations to Kerry Thorpe to be able to retire, leave there, and I heard no one say nothing negative as as far as out in the crowd, the people who 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 makes this sport drive, the campers and the spectators, everybody had great things to say about Kerry. Uh, got to meet Josh, and Josh gonna be the uh, gonna be the new president. Uh, he said he had a great Foundation there. It wasn't changing nothing. Just going to build on what, what they have and make it better. So looking for more great things out of Darlington. So guys, uh way we're going to roll here, Denny Hamlin takes it home in the Xfinity. We had several guys dip down and uh, try to get a little drive time for the track. And uh, Denny was one of them. He was strong. He was pretty strong, uh, car. Hey, past tech, that's all that counts. So, uh, Denny Hamlin, actually Joe, uh, John Hunter led most, he led more laps than anybody. He had, he had a fast car, but guys, y'all know, you only got to lead that last lap. And, uh, then he got strong at the end and he just didn't have nothing for him. Uh, Actually, Denny's won more races, and John Hunter's Head Starts was, a, was the storyline. So um, Den, Denny looked happy uh, at the first part. I did not see him after the uh, cup race.
1: He, he uh,
0: just got caught up in the situation. But anyway, we got Denny Hamlin, the Xfinity winner. We are now joined
2: by Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 19 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota Supra in the winner of the Sport Clip Haircuts VFW Help a Hero 200. Denny, does this win help your confidence going into tomorrow night's Cookout Southern 500?
3: No, it does not. Um, it's kind of a no-win situation because I feel like you're expected to win. If you win, it's like ho-hum. Oh, um, it's just, you know, there's only you know there's only one way to go when you run these races and that's down when you don't win so um you know normally a couple of years ago i thought that uh, we could learn some stuff but next gen and this car is just so different that uh it's just a race in its own a beast in its own and you know certainly feels good to you know battle back from uh that last caution or second to last caution when we were third coming off pit road but um but, yeah, I mean, maybe it gives you a little self-confidence, but certainly, no, it has has nothing to do with tomorrow.
2: Awesome. We are now going to open up the floor to questions. If you have a question, raise your hand, and we'll get a wireless mic to you. We'll start right over here with Pete.
4: Denny, uh, you don't have to – I mean, you certainly don't have to do this anymore. Why do you like doing this, and what does it mean to you when you can come and race in, a, in, in the Xfinity Series and be successful? I I huh? Did I say I liked it? Did I say I liked it?
3: No, I mean, I do. I mean, I like doing it for Gordon's Sport Clips. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, we've had this long relationship for such a long time with my cup career and the sport he's done with Joe Gibbs Racing. But, I mean, what I have chosen to do this and volunteered? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but, you know, certainly I feel like um, it, it's certainly – a, a great thing for Sport Clips, being the namesake of the race, and they put, you know, put me in the car and, and say, "Go win for us." So, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't trust anything though. The last time I won this race, they took the trophy as soon as I left this media center. This sounds like you're kicking uh Denny, uh, this is your 18th career Xfinity win, sixth here. How special has this track been for you in the Xfinity Series? it's been really good i mean I, I feel like um even the ones we didn't win we were always in contention for it just you know things don't work out uh but yeah i i, I love this racetrack it's probably my p1 track as as far as one that i like the most just simply because i feel as a driver you really can play a huge role in your outcome um, if your car's not perfect you can fix it by just changing how you drive and so um, i think that know the Xfinity series is you know it's tough I mean we didn't lead very many laps today uh, I mean we didn't push it to the very end but it's still placed with the Xfinity car that you've seen the finishes here over the last few years that they've just been been awesome fantastic finishes and um, you know to have another green white checkered here and close finishes is, is awesome but the track in the car just really mesh well I'm not really sure why uh, but but they do that. The cars don't have a whole lot of grip. The track don't have a whole lot of grip, and why that's why you see, you know, us, you know, up against the wall, banging it most times.
2: Right there to Dustin Long.
5: Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Uh, one of the stats that came out from today's race is it says you are the oldest driver to win. Uh, at Darlington, the Xfinity Series, since Dick Trickle at age 56 oh. in September Fantastic.
3: 1998. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But I will not break that record, by the way.
5: See, you've got more years to run. Uh, but that the idea that you are now view you are uh, more age older records than than what you would have won five ten years ago. Just that idea that know this could even be a stat that you could be the oldest winner here in the series since dick trickle
3: i mean yeah it's the 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 series is just shaped so differently um you know when i first came in here and made my first start in 2004 i mean i was running against 15 cup guys it was just so different right and then now it's just a lot of young and and up-and-coming guys some that are resetting their career hoping to come back to the cup series it's just a lot different um but yeah i mean i haven't i've I don't know how many starts we've had since we've won here, like we haven't won in in a while here uh, so I don't take for granted that it's just gonna be the easiest weekend by any means, and certainly, when I saw kind of the roster of who was starting in it, I knew it was gonna be very tough uh but you know I just it i certainly feel happy that at whatever my age is, you know I feel i'm I'm as good as I've ever been, yeah.
2: All right, we'll go to Bob.
3: Fifty-six, though. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm
6: afraid not. Uh, Bob Pocaros, Fox Sports. Um, as far as tomorrow, if, if this doesn't matter, you're still on the po- on the front row. So, yeah. How? I mean, do you feel like you have a car that can win tomorrow, and what's? I mean, there's some of the playoff drivers are up front, and then you know there's going to be Truex and Kyle Busch, you know, pretty much in the back much of a difference is there between starting up front and starting in the back here
3: well it's a big difference the next-gen track position is always p1 uh, that the fastest car will always be the one that's out front uh, for the most part and so we're starting in a good spot it's just up for me to keep the car straight uh, in the spring here uh, I did some damage to my car pretty early and it, it just messed it up for the rest of the race we ran 15th all day so it's certainly the worst race that I've had here and no doubt my whole career Um, so it's it's a really good start Um, I'm I'm happy about that you know it allows you to work on your car early Um, when you're in the middle of the pack you just can't tell the team what truly is going on with the car because you've got so much dirty air when you start up front like we are it allows me and the team to get ahead on our on our adjustments pretty early so we're more dialed in by the end of the day so that's certainly an advantage
2: we have a question from the Press Box. Press box.
6: Spencer with Catch fence. Um, Could you explain what Radcliffe meant over the radio where he, he said that he kind of felt that this place sold the two of yeah, you something?
3: Yeah, I don't know. It was probably a race that I, I should have won and didn't, and probably it was my fault. I'm not really sure. Um, me and Jason have worked together before, but, um, you know, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a great crew chief, and um, I was – really happy to, you know, I didn't even know who was crew chief in the 19 till this week. And um, so I, I, you know, I enjoyed running with Jason. And we got so much history with from the Cup days and Matt Kenseth. And um, so it was probably a, a race that I choked away at some point.
4: I choked away. All right.
0: All right. All right. Hey, I'm doing this on the road. Guys, I've been out of town 21 days. I started this journey. I left out, headed, drove to Orlando. Uh, on the, down there on the Wednesday, which would be the 16th, flew out on the 17th to Rochester to go to cover. Hey, Watkins Glen! Never been there? You need to get up there. But make sure you take three extra days to visit. Just watch around the town because you'll love it. I'm telling you, absolutely great place to track. Phenomenal. walk 9.6 miles on Saturday to try to get all the different locations to video of it. And, and uh, if, you, if you want to conquer that, you better be ready to walk some miles. So, uh, left there, flew back to Orlando for the uh, Coke Zero Sugar four hundred with Frank Kelleher and his gang Gary Daytona and had a an absolutely wonderful time. And then I took the slow way because of the hurricane and arrived in Darlington. The lady in black. And it's uh Tyler Reddick said in the interview yesterday with us, he was gonna make love to the lady in black. Well he did for a while and then he lost the lead. He lost the lead. So, uh guys we're going I'm gonna play. Christopher Bell set on the pole, was strong. And I'm tell you what, that Christopher Bell, if it's got wheels, he's gonna race it. He always uh he's always racing Somewhere when it comes to town, whether it's the micro sprints all the way up to, to the cup cars, uh, Trans Am. He was racing the Trans Am series at Road America when I was up there. And uh, I guess it was 2019. Last year, the cup run there. So here we go with Christopher Bell.
2: All right, everyone, we are now joined by Christopher Bell, driver of the number 20 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota Camry TRD and the Bushlight Light Pole winner for tomorrow's Cookout Southern 500. Christopher, with this being the first race of the playoffs, how does this help your confidence um, being on the pole tomorrow for tom- tomorrow night's race?
6: Yeah, it, it definitely feels good. Darlington is a place that's uh, it, it's notoriously hard to pass, so starting up front is a really big deal. But with that being said, Uh, it's an extremely long race the southern 500 is in my opinion probably harder than the coca-cola 600 just because of the racetrack we're at so a very long time tomorrow so starting position has no indication of of where we're going to finish but uh, we certainly have the speed to compete and uh, hopefully we can keep it up front all day
2: awesome we are now going to open the floor to questions if you have a question raise your hand and we will get a wireless mic to you the floor is now open we'll start over here with reed
7: uh, Reed Spencer with the NASCAR Wire. Uh, your third pole in the last eight races. Has that been a particular point of emphasis with the next gen
6: car? Um, I mean, we always try and qualify good, but uh, I'll be honest. Last year, we qualified a lot better than what we what we were doing at the beginning of this year. So uh, definitely, after we got through the first probably five eight races of this year, we're we were wondering what happened, right? Because last year we made the final round a lot. Uh, majority of the time and then at the beginning of this year we were really struggling so um you know my team adam stevens tyler tyler and william my engineers have put a lot of emphasis on qualifying here the last uh you know couple months and and it's really showed we've been able to be uh in the hunt a lot more make that final round and uh it really helps out on sundays whenever you get a good pit stall selection and and you know at at certain racetracks qualifying is a really big deal and uh this is definitely one of them
2: all right, we'll go right here to Bob, and then John, and then Lee.
6: Bob Hockers Fox Sports. Why is this more difficult than the uh, 600? Um, just because Darlington is a, uh, it's a very, very mentally taxing racetrack. You know, you you have to put it up against the fence consistently, and the track is very slick, much slicker than what we have at Charlotte. Uh, you know, I, the weather's going to be nice, and it's a night race, so so that helps a little bit, but. Uh, it's just a mentally draining race at Darlington.
3: John, Newby NBC Sports, is this the uh, best possible way for you to kick off the tenure of your new pit crew?
6: Um, yeah, it should help. You know, having the number one pit stall should be a big advantage. Um, you know, I'm excited to drive for this, this new group, and uh, hopefully that we can, we can start the, the playoffs off strong. And, you know, our first race together, hopefully we can both perform up to our standards. Lee Spencer, ca- Lee Spencer catchfest.com you had a remarkable average finish of fourth in the first round last year i mean that it all kind of you know you did what you did which was also pretty cool but um how important was it just kind of building that momentum and you know getting through it so you know spectacularly yeah that was huge And getting getting the race kicked off at Darlington last year or the playoffs kicked off at Darlington last year was uh, a huge, huge momentum booster for the round of 16. And, and, you know, I'm, I've talked about how hard this race is. It's a very mental race and, and people are going to make mistakes and take themselves out of it. So you can't be in that group. And fortunately last year we were able to qualify on the front row and, uh, the race went really smooth for us. We were able to score stage points in stage one and stage two and had a good finish. Uh, and, and then your outlook is much more positive going into Kansas and Bristol and, You know, Bristol is is not a road course, and it's not a super speedway, but it has a little bit of that wild card field because uh, it's so easy to get caught up in other people's messes. So um, I would love to be in a a great points position going into Bristol where you feel like you can, you know, be very aggressive there uh, because it's a track that rewards aggression, and um, we were able to do that last year. So uh, hopefully we can do it again.
2: All right, we'll go back to Reed.
7: Reed Spencer NASCAR Wire um was it an advantage being in group A today even though um group B got the cloud cover there for a while
6: Yeah it it's always a big advantage being in group A whenever we come to these uh slick race tracks just because the the amount of time that you have cooling your tires is is a r- really big deal so it's been like that since the start of this qualifying format um last year and you know it it's bit me plenty of times so I'm glad that I was on the opposite end of it this time
2: All right, any more questions for Christopher? All right, thank you, Christopher, and good luck tomorrow.
8: We're going to
9: continue our post-race press conference here for the Cookout Southern 500. We're joined by our winning crew chief, Cliff Daniels. Cliff uh, at five car tonight, uh, historic win for Hendrick Motorsports, the 500th win that, uh, with the engine program. Uh, how important was it for you to, to bring home that uh, that honor for Hendrick Motorsports?
10: Yeah, that's a uh, <clears throat> that's a big honor for our whole whole company and you know for us to bring it home. Uh, it's such a special race. is really cool. Big thanks to everybody back at the shop, um, certainly engine shop. That's uh, that is a huge milestone, a huge accomplishment for them. Um, so, yeah, many, many congrats. Okay.
9: We're going to open the floor up for questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll get a wireless mic to you. We'll start here with John.
3: John Newby, NBC Sports. What was it that you told Kyle after he, you know, got stuck in neutral and hit the wall? Because he made a point to mention how good you are for his mind.
10: I, I don't remember exactly what I would have told him then. Um, other than at that point of the race, there was really going to be no, um, I don't know, there, there was going to be no retreating from what that was going to do to our car and, you know, the balance of our car being a little bit off from there. So it was one of those things you just kind of had to accept it and move forward and, uh, you know, keep making adjustments around that. He did a good job to kind of refocus his mind and not get discouraged and, and obviously did a great job the last, you know, 30 or 40 laps.
3: And can you talk a little bit about the role that you play just kind of as that calm presence?
10: <laughs> yeah, he uh, he and I, you know, our, our relationship has grown a lot over the last handful of years, as it as it should. And um, you know, the way our year has gone, it's been easy to get discouraged at times. And and I've tried to, uh, you know, be there to help, uh, you know, kind of twofold, help keep him accountable when when we need to, and uh, and and be his biggest supporter and biggest cheerleader because uh, w- we all know he has the talent. And um, you know, when when he gets out front and and he executes a good restart and does all the things that we know he can do, he's uh, he's dynamite. So. Um, he, he was awesome. we we'll Alex,
6: then to Lee, then to Jerry. Alex Zetlow, the Charlotte Observer. Cliff, um, you and Kyle had a really emotional win at Martinsville earlier this year, another racetrack where you have kind of been beating your head against the wall, and you finally come up and win. Uh, how does tonight kind of compare to that one? Tonight was
10: huge for both of us. Um, I've been with uh, Jimmy and Chad here before where – you know we've had great cars and been close to getting it done. I wasn't on the 2012 uh, winning Jimmy and Chad team. I, I came on shortly after that, and um, we've had a lot of heartbreak here. You know, in, in in my times past, had some heartbreak here when I was Jimmy's crew chief. Kyle, when he was in the 42, had a lot of heartbreak here. Um, plus, really, the way the last two or three years have gone for, you know, Kyle and I together on the five team, um, th- this track, this race has been circled on our calendar for a long time. It's a, it's a you know, very uh, special race for the sport. Obviously, it's a it's a crown jewel. It's a milestone. You know, race if if you can get it done. So um, it made it very very special for us tonight. I, I don't really know how to rank it, but knowing knowing the emotion that's kind of led us to this moment, uh, definitely special.
6: Lee Spencer, dot com. This isn't a gotcha question, so don't take it this way. But Kyle said during media day that when they first paired you two together. He, wasn't, he didn't think he wanted a crew chief like you. And now he said he wouldn't want anybody else. What did you have to do to get him to buy into what you were selling?
10: Yeah, I mean, he and I have had conversations about that. And I would say, I don't know. I, I think at the time he probably didn't think I had a ton of experience. And, you know, by the time he, was, uh, he and I were paired together, I think I had been a crew chief for a year or two. And he had been in the, in the sport for, you know, seven or eight years. So I I think he probably thought it was probably an unlikely pairing, which is totally fair to say. And, um, you know, we had to to build our relationship and build our trust. And, and, you know, trust is obviously the foundation for any relationship. And, you know, there's nobody else that I would trust more than him behind the wheel of our car. And and he's learned to trust me and and the way that uh, our team operates, the way we communicate and and work together. So, um, you know, that's definitely a a special relationship that we have and and really that our whole team has. Yep go next to Jerry, then to Matt.
11: Jerry Jordan, kicking the tires. net. Um, are you surprised at the, the, the problems that other of, of the top drivers had tonight? And, and how does that help you guys in your planning for races now that you're kind of into the next round?
10: I don't know that anyone really, you know, watching tonight would be surprised by the issues. And, and we certainly could have fallen victim to that at any point. Um, you know, you're, you're really playing on the ragged edge and on pit stops. Uh, of a tire being on right and not, and and we know how you know critical the time on pit road is, uh, especially when it's so hard to pass on the racetrack. So proud of our pit crew tonight for the way they executed. Um, we didn't start the race super strong on pit road, and and knew the guys had it in them, and and they were really strong at the end. Um, and, and then as far as what you're you know you're asking for planning moving forward, uh, the way we see it as a team is we're still behind on playoff points. You know we got five tonight, but. Um, when they reset, you know, to the next round, we're still going to be a, a little bit behind in the reset. So we've got some catching up to do, and uh, we're, we're, you know, certainly grateful to have this win and, and going to take this momentum and build on it. But uh, we, we've still got we've still got a bit of a deficit that, that we created with our season that we've got to overcome, and, and that's the way we see it. So there's more points and wins out there to go get, and, and that's on us to go do it. Go next to Matt,
1: Matt Weaver, SportsNot.com. Um You've now had the good fortune of winning. Coke 600, uh, cup championship race, now a Southern 500. We often talk about drivers winning kind of these marquee races. Do you categorize your, your own success on top of the pit box in that way and winning these marquee events? I
10: I don't have a good answer because I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I have time to think about it that way. And and I think it's a totally fair question. Um, I, I think the way that, uh, you know, I, I operate, you know, with our team and the way he and I operate together, um, we always want to win the next one. And, and knowing how, how long it took us both to get this win, it makes this win very special, and obviously all the other you know, points that you just made there. Um, so I don't want to understate it at all, but uh, wh- while we're in the position that we're in where you know, we, we can go compete and compete at a high level, we've just got to go keep knocking them down. And I, I certainly hope to be able to uh, you know, look back and, and, and rank them and enjoy them one day. And uh, no, again, I, I would just say how tough it is to get a, a race like this one or the Coke 600 or whatever. Um, that certainly does make him special, to your point.
1: And then you mentioned the the points deficit that you guys had kind of created. How, how do you guys either lose momentum, gain it back? Is it kind of the, the inherent randomness of this car? Like, can you take this win, and does it mean anything at all moving forward?
10: It, it's hilarious if you plot the finishing, uh, just the, the five-car finish, from all the races this year, it's a perfect heartbeat. So we had zero momentum all throughout the year. You know, at any point we would we would win, finish 30th. You know, run second, finish 30th, break from the lead, finish 30th, and it was just like that all year long. Um, so I, I guess what I'm getting at is is from a team building perspective, uh, we had to really focus in on ourselves and. Learning the lessons in the moment that we needed to learn from some adversity that that we created um, or or just overcoming some of the challenges that were thrown our way uh, and, and really set ourselves up to just have that um, you know have that resilience within the team and and kind of have that steady mind within the team so that if we ever had the good fortune to have a you know top five day going again and we could close it out that we're ready to to do that so um, we've been knocked around a bit this season, but uh, we're battle-tested, and we're going to keep marching forward. And we are now joined by the winning driver, the 74th Cookout Southern 500,
9: Kyle Larson. Uh, we're going to continue on with questions. We're going to go to Jordan Bianchi, and
3: we'll go to Steven. Uh Jordan Bianchi, the like this is for Cliff. It, this is kind of a follow-up to Matt's question, but there's two ways to look at your regular season, right? You look at it and you say you had all the DNFs and the inconsistencies, et cetera. Et cetera or you also have, you load the series in top five finishes. So I'm curious, what do you pull from that? you I mean, do you try to look at the half glass full, half glass empty, or, you know,
10: and, and what does that mean for the playoffs and how you kind of plan forward? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we had to look at it very realistically. Um, and so here's what I mean by that. E- even when we had the DNFs or the 30th place finishes, typically that came from running in the top five. Um, so it gets very discouraging by the time you're on your second or your third, you know, wave or cycle of the up and the down. Um, and so we've had to very much call it like it is. I certainly you know made a few mistakes calling races this year. He's made mistakes behind the wheel. Our pickers made mistakes on the road on and on and on. we We've had to to find the right ownership in that of of how to hold each other accountable and and still build and learn from that and you know kind of uh kind of group ourselves you know together tighter through that. Um, and, and again, now going into the playoffs, there's still so many different things that can happen, um, especially the next-gen car, so many different variables, uh, the way these races played out uh, or play out than what was a few years ago. So um, our mission is to take all the lessons that we learn from the good and the bad, and, and every week we've just got to put our best foot forward.
8: Uh, Owen. I think he's fourth. Sorry, it's just the dash right now in cycling. He started fourth. He's running sixth.
9: We're going to Steven in the Pete.
12: Steven Stump, com. I got a question for Kyle then a question for both you guys. So you'd let, Kyle, you've led over 700 laps at this track without a win heading into it. Um, it's a 500 miles at Darlington, one of the majors. Does this feel sweeter than other wins, um, given the prestige and how close you guys were,
8: especially come, starting from 18th the lowest at Darlington since 2011? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, just, it feels really good, honestly, just to to get a win and and finally win it this track. Um, like you said, you know, we've led lots of laps here. So, I mean, to lead lots of laps here, you have to be good, you know, at a number of different races through the the different years. But, um, yeah, this is just a a track that I really enjoy suits my style and, um, you know, just haven't, haven't won yet here. So it was good to, uh, to do it today. You know, I knew we were going to have a, a good car. We just didn't qualify as good as we had hoped and honestly drove through the field way better than I thought that I would. And um, they did a really good job on the pit sequences to cycle us in front of people. And then from then on, you kind of just try to manage your race and um, Denny was really good too. So he was going to be hard to beat without his mishap, but uh, once whatever happened to them happened, you kind of opened the door for a few more guys to to possibly win. And we kept ourselves in the game, enough to, uh, to get it done. You know, I got in the wall at some point in the third stage and then um, you kind of had to nurse it to the next pit stop and then things just worked out. Your team executed when we needed to. And then the second
12: question for both of you guys is that this is now win number <coughs> 299 for Hendrick, 300 is up next. How important would it be
8: for you guys to be the ones to get that milestone? Um, <clears throat> honestly, I mean, sure, I think all four of us, you would want to be the one to do it. But, but really, you know, I, I think 300 is just a, you know, super big number. So I think for me, I'm going to be just as happy to see, you know, William Chase or Alex win, you know, number 300 for Rick as I would be for myself to win. Um, you know, I think when you – which Rick has already stamped himself in this sport as the greatest car owner of all time, um, to reach another milestone like 300, it's just uh, – that takes – a whole team you know throughout decades and decades, so um you know number three hundred as a whole means more than you know me winning it or any us individual person winning so I hope we can one of us four can do it next week, and um you know I guess that means Rick will be at the track every week now until we <laughs> until we win, so um we'll look forward to having him there
10: yeah, well said by him, and i <clears throat> you know I would just add that. Um, When you think about the Hendrick 300 wins, you think about the 90, however many from Jeff, and the 80-something from Jimmy, and and all the people that, you know, with Rick built our company and the history that it is. So I I agree with him. I don't – yes, we would love to have it just for the little bit of bragging rights in the moment, but the next will be 350 and 400 and all those things for, uh, you know, for Mr. H. So um, it's just – it's amazing to be a part of a company like this, and, and you know the, the leadership that Mr. Hendrick has to, to all of us and to the company is uh, really special, so to get that for him would be uh, be pretty awesome. Right, thank you. Pete?
4: Uh, hey,
10: hey, Pete Iacovelli with the Associated
4: Press. Um, for both of you, another company question. Uh, it could have been a little disappointing around the shop when Chase and Alex don't get into the playoffs, but yet, you know, you guys come out here, you win. William finishes fourth, it's a strong start for, you know, wherever you guys are going to wind up in this uh, chase. That's got to say something about the resiliency and and what the the direction of of this program is.
10: Yeah, no doubt. And and all four teams are working really well together uh, right now. And the one thing that I would would add, because we were in this position last year, the nine team is still very well in, in the playoffs for the owners, you know, championship, which is a huge deal to Mr. H., um, I know that Chase and Allen are going to fight tooth and nail to make that happen, and, and I know they had a good day today. Um, so, so there's a bit of, you know, uh, I don't know, excitement around that, you know, having three cars in, and uh, Alex was well on his way to a top ten or maybe even a top five finish tonight. Alex had a great race going, and, and he and Blake have been working really hard this year. So, um, yeah, the way we're all working together and, and the way Mr. H, you know, just keeps, keeps it on the rails and, and keeps us going, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Trent? With French, Trent Worsham with Trent with
11: FrenchRace.com. Uh, kind of going off of what you said about working well together with everybody. Um, you mentioned coming back. Uh, he mentioned uh, coming back from deep in the field to win this race. And William Byron also had a deep starting position and was able to come through the field and for a great position as well. Um, how much information is actually shared between you guys now as a team? You know, with with this being the playoffs and you guys also wanting to
10: win it for yourselves, uh, but you still have teammates doing it as well. Yeah, we um, we have. So many meetings every week where um, the crew chiefs are together and and we talk through, you know, setups and strategy. The drivers are together. They talk through, you know, car sensations and, and, you know, what what expectations are for the next race of, you know, how to execute the race or whatever it may be. Um, And and it's really the culture that Mr. H wanted to create. He wanted to create a culture where... uh, you know, we, we were very um, open and honest with each other, and, and we have some pretty private, you know, conversations as far as that goes, but it's, it's the four teams together, you know, the four drivers, four crew chiefs, everybody working together. Um, and, and I truly believe without that strength of, of all of us being together and working together, um, you know, we wouldn't be as competitive as what we are. It, it takes all of us to keep it going. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to be a part of. Next, to Dustin. Uh, Dustin Long, NBC Sports. I have a question for both of you
5: on that uh, the situation at the last pit stop. And I want to ask, for, from Kyle, your perspective is what did you see with, with Reddick and then with Harvick going down pit road in that moment? I know you, there was a lot going on and you pulled off, but can you take me through it from your point of view? And, Cliff, how much uh, was that a game changer of, in its essence, eliminating Harvick and then it's just, you know, between you and the 45 and who can win off Pit Road.
8: Um, for me, was Harvick leading right then? Did he just Redick get to the lead? Yeah, Redick okay. was
5: first That's and Harvick about. was second. And Harvick was <coughs> called to Pit Road and then Reddick was told to come down and he, I guess, said he missed it because of the late call because they were trying to react to okay. Harvick.
8: Yeah, so from, from my vantage point, you know, I was fourth and, um, yeah, I mean – Harvick was really good that run and was close to Reddick, and then you know I saw we got the call they called me in the pit um and i seen you know Harvick and William both pull down so I was just gonna follow them it looked like Reddick was just you know gonna have to pit the next lap you know got caught late but um <clears throat> then as I was pulling down you know I saw I think Newman spinning so I was like uh, I think I need to stay out so <laughs> I stayed out and um Thankfully, it worked out. I guess William was able to get back out um, before, you know, committing to pit road. But I'm guessing Harvick, you know, being, the, you know, so close, he probably didn't have any time to react to it. And, um, yeah, it took him out. I mean, he would know more about what happened. But uh, for me, yes, it was pivotal because I went from now fourth to second in line. And then, you know, you have a good pit stop. You come out and lead. There's 40-some laps left. You know, hopefully, you can lead the rest of the race, and that's what happened. So, um, yeah, it worked out for us.
10: Yep. Uh, pivotal, like you said, <clears throat> I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, I think there was four or five cars that had they gotten the lead, you know, it's going to be hard to pass. Like, I think if we'd gotten in front of Denny, it would have been really hard for him to pass this. Harvick gets the lead. I don't think anybody passes him. I, I think the top four or five were very, very equal together, um, you know, just in the way the track position was kind of staging itself. Uh, so to your point, to have one less of those cars was, was nice. Obviously, I hate to miss fortune for those guys always enjoy racing with Rodney and Kevin but uh, that was a big deal because it set us up to be second coming down pit road have a good pit stop come out with a lead um, you know and then there's still a couple of good cars behind us just not quite as many Thank you. go to Bob and then the Matt uh, Bob Parker,
6: Fox Sports well for either of you is there anything that should should the wheel should the rule be tweaked or is there anything that should you know because it seemed like Harvick I guess Harvick has the option to just drive down pit road without pitting but I'm curious if there's anything else that should be done in that situation, or you've got to have a line, and
8: there's got to be a rule, and sometimes you're just going to get bit. I mean, I think we've seen it play out so many times
10: in, in just these, uh, you know, these really intense moments um, over time in cup racing. I mean, I, I feel like I remember a couple years ago, a handful of years ago, Kyle Bush had something like that happen. I feel like it's happened to Carl Edwards before. Um, it's really, really tough. And, and we talked about it before the race, um, talked about it a lot with, with my engineers, and it's one of those things that if you're committed, you're committed. We know what the rule is. And, unfortunately, if you elect to pit, then it is a penalty. Um, I don't have a great opinion other than we just know what it is. Matt,
1: Matt Weaver, Sports Not For Kyle. Um, what stands out more to you in this moment, the fact that you've knocked another kind of crown jewel off the Southern 500 or the fact that you know that you advance in the playoffs and you've got another chance to – win a
8: championship again? Um. Well, I mean, had I not won anyways, I feel like we would have a chance to win the championship. But, <clears throat> I mean, really, honestly, I'm I'm happy to win at Crown Jewel, a place that, you know, we've been close to winning at, a place that we both have wanted to win at for a very long time. And then just to start the playoffs off good, um, I would have been, you know, happy just to get a good, solid race in. So to, to win, it feels you know, obviously better and and I hope that we can just put multiple weeks together like we did today not necessarily win I know we'll be capable of winning every race in the playoffs but really I just want to put together solid races from start to finish get stage points you know get some stage wins would be great and then you know get some good finishes at the end of it so yeah, we were able to do that today. And, um, it's been a long time since we put a a full, full race together. So, um, yeah, I just want to build on that.
1: On the the crown jewel front, like, is this one that you're kind of aware of that has kind of eluded you and that you kind of circle and say, Hey, I don't have Darlington or the 500 yet. And I want that one.
8: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this race only, all these crown jewels only come around once a year. So, you know, there's been lots of times where I've left here, you know, bummed out and sad that, you know, I had a good shot to win, and it just didn't work out, so <clears throat> I felt like I was going to have that feeling again today, you know, but, um, you know, things are able to, to work out, and, um, yeah, get get a, a really big win, I mean, and this is in the top three or four, you know, for the races, you know, crown jewel prestigious races of our season, so, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I think the only two I don't have would be the 500 and, you know, maybe the Brickyard 400 if it comes back to the to the Oval. So, um, yeah, you always want to win the big ones, um, but, but really just winning a race, it, it feels good. Okay, we're going to wrap with Jerry.
11: Jerry Jordan, kicking the Tires.net. Um Cliff says you guys feel like y'all are behind a, a little bit on points. Uh, but, you know, we were talking on Thursday, you wanted to focus on, on, on each race, and does this give you a little bit of... Uh, you know, a relief, though, to to have the couple weeks to, to, to focus completely on points and not have to
8: worry about, you know, advancing, so to speak? Um, no, I mean, not. I, I don't really feel any differently as far as that goes. Um, after when, you know, in 2021, we were winning, we won a race in each round, um, maybe not the first race of every round, but still, you know, when you put together good races, you know, the points are going to take care of themselves, and you're going to advance. So, um it doesn't take any pressure off it doesn't take any focus away it does to me anyways it doesn't it doesn't give me a different goal you know i still just want to go and and run a good race from start to finish for nine more weeks so um my mindset doesn't change at all um sure it's great to be locked in if you do have a mishap but um i don't i don't plan on having a mishap and also tonight,
11: you, uh, you got into the wall. A lot of people got into the wall. How hard was it to control the car? This track is known for that. But, you know, you, you, you bounced off of it pretty hard a couple of times.
8: Yeah. No, I mean, I, the good thing with this car is that you can graze it some. Um, obviously, when you slap the wall, that's when things bend. I probably grazed the wall at least 20 times a night or more. All, all in three and four. I got it a little bit into one once. Um, but really only there was only two times where I thought that you know maybe it did some damage there Um, the first time was there late in the you know or middle of the third stage I just uh, I just didn't get a clean enough downshift and it kind of hung into neutral between fourth and fifth and stayed there for quite a while and then it finally dropped into fifth as I was like closest center of the corner and went to fourth and then I was I was just lower off of the wall and when you're lower, you know, when you're... I watch, you know, broadcast all the time and people are like, you know, just give it some room, you know, just get off, you don't have to run right next... Well, it you have a lot less grip when you don't run right next to the wall, so I was a little bit off the wall because I had made the mistake on entry and then by the time I got the fourth it was already sliding and then I, you know, slapped the wall and then that's when I lost a bunch of time, so um, I'm sure it's bent a little bit, but uh, thankfully, you know, not not broke and we were able to to... Finish and, and still get a win. Well
9: gentlemen, congratulations on winning the seventy fourth cookout Southern five hundred and we'll see you next week in Kansas.
0: Alright guys. Uh Kyle Larson. Four wins for Kyle. Got to see but him. Put his fourth sticker on. That's for real. He's leading in the in the points. Uh, good for him. Just carry this on. Uh, It's information. It's uh, the announcement of the U-Track president, uh, Josh Hunter, replacing Gary Thorpe. who, when I talked to Josh, I said, Josh, you got pictures to fill. He goes, well, we're just going to build off what has been built here and uh, improve. And it looks like a great situation for them. So, here's Chip.
9: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Darlington Raceway, the track too tough to tame. We have a really big announcement this morning. And to help make that announcement, we're joined on the stage by three special individuals. On my far left there, Chip Weil, Senior VP, Chief Track Properties Officer for NASCAR, Darlington's President from 2013 to 2016. Here on the far right, we have Kerry Tharp, President of Darlington Raceway, Darlington's President since 2016. And in the middle, we have Josh Harris, who's the current VP of Business Operations here at Darlington Raceway. Chip, I know you've got a big announcement to
7: make yeah, this morning. Yeah, well, first off, uh, thank you all for being here. It's a really special weekend for our sport. Southern 500 is a staple in our schedule, and uh, this weekend is going to be something really special. So uh, I'd like to first start off by saying um, Kerry Tharp has done a terrific job for us here at Darlington since 2016, pushing the property forward. Um, He helped us get back going when when we came out of COVID, Um, just the things that he continues to do to drive this property forward, but also drive our sport forward, Um, we'll we'll be remembered for a really long time. Uh, as everybody here knows, Kerry announced that he was going to retire earlier this summer, and um, it is my distinct honor to announce today that Josh Harris will be the 10th president at Darlington Raceway. <laughs> okay. So um, I've had the pleasure of working with Josh, uh, gosh now, since I left Darlington. He uh, he and I started at Daytona International Speedway at the same time. He started as in our ticket office overseeing that operation and then continued to grow um, as we grew. And um, I've had um, so much um, respect for Josh and know that he is ready for this role. Uh, He's a family man, his family's in the back. Uh, They moved to Darlington in June of this year, um, and and they're uh, committed to being a valuable uh, member of this community, Um, and I know that Josh will continue to build on what Kerry and, uh, and and the team here have done over the last seven years. Um, I just can't say enough about the job that Kerry um, has done and that he'll continue to do through the end of the year, and then really excited to see uh, what Josh is going to do to help continue to push this property property forward. So with that, I'll hand it over to back to Matt. Yeah.
9: Well, Josh, congratulations, Mr. President-elect. Uh, how excited are you to begin this new
12: book? Well, thanks, Matt. Um, I'm extremely excited. I'm also very grateful uh, to Chip, uh, to our leadership team uh, at NASCAR for giving me this honor to serve as an next president of such a historic facility. Um, to be the 10th the president here um, in almost 74 years um, is something that I don't take lightly, and it's a, it's a great responsibility and a great challenge. Uh, but one that I'm looking forward to. I've been here since the beginning of the year, uh, getting to know the team here at Darlington, and uh, we have a great, great staff, uh, along with our Mid-Atlantic region teammates. Uh, Looking forward to a great weekend here and just excited uh, for the future of Darlington and uh, being part of that.
9: Kerry, you've had an opportunity to work closely with Josh through the years. What do you think makes him a good fit here as the next president of the track 2002?
13: Well, I could spend a few minutes talking about Josh's strengths. he's got a lot of them. But the thing that impresses me most about Josh is that he's genuinely a good person. He really is. And uh, you know, I've been around a lot of people in my time, and he's one of the most uh, genuinely good people I've been around, and gotten to know his family. Uh, he's got a beautiful family, and they take up almost the whole back row back there. Okay and uh, uh, I know that the family his family means the world to him and uh, that's important because this track is a family and uh, you know when you, when you when you spend as much time as you do with the people that you you, you work with and, and uh, strive to uh, uh, put on great events they become your family and I, I know that uh, Josh will embrace that and uh, but, uh, you know, he's in a very short period of time, he and I have worked together, and uh, I think I might have got on his nerve, nerves a time or two, but uh, no, he is, he is the right person at the right time, and as I told our team this morning, our track is going this way, right? We're on the way up, and uh, it's, it's exciting to, what's, what's happened here. It's exciting what is going to happen here. So. I want to congratulate my man Josh, uh, his family, very, very proud uh, of them, proud of Josh, and look forward to spending these next few months with him, helping uh, secure a pathway that gives him all the opportunity for success in 2024 and
9: beyond. Chip, you've also served in this role as Darlington president. What did you see in Josh that made you think that he's the perfect person to lead this track forward?
7: Yeah, well, this place is really special to me. This is where... I had the opportunity to, uh, or I got my opportunity to be a truck president, and, um, you know, it's a small team, and and they do a lot. They're small but mighty. They're the smallest, actually, team in our portfolio, Uh, but the things they continue to do uh, are are pretty remarkable. I mean, Wednesday evening, we got a significant amount of rain here, and that entire team was up all night, uh, you know, making sure that the property was ready for you all to show up today. that just speaks about their passion and their commitment to this place and josh has all of those qualities um you know we we've spent a lot of time together over the last eight years um, you know in the trenches and and you know he's he's strategic he's smart uh, but most importantly he cares about his people and and that's in my opinion the most important leadership quality that you can have at a track like this you know i told him last night um, you know you don 't have the staff like we do at Daytona you know when I, I when I was here we had twelve people and then I went to, to Daytona and we had one hundred and sixty uh, and you know so he 's used to one hundred and sixty and I said you better get used to twelve uh, uh, but but he, the the thing that Josh will do is he'll, he 'll he there 's no job too big or small for him and um you know he has he has a very uh, great vision for where he wants to take Darlington Raceway um, and like Kerry said this, this place is not only special to the three of us but it's special to, to the NASCAR community and um, this role is a really important one and so as we were thinking about who was going to be the next president you know, they had big shoes to fill with Kerry leaving um, but also had to have all of those characteristics that I just mentioned and I, I do believe that Josh is that guy
9: Great. Well, we're going to open the floor for questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We're going to start
4: with Pete and go to Hunter. Hey, guys. Pete Iacovelli with the Associated Press. Josh, is it true that you also were the person who recently purchased the Washington Commanders? For 6.5 billion, and if so, nine and eight this year. Sam Howell, the quarterback. Well, well, Pete,
12: I um, I I wish that were the case, but certainly, uh, certainly a different Josh Harris. Um, So if you Google it, you know, scroll on down past the uh, the Washington Commanders thing. So um, flattered by that, but no,
4: unfortunately not. Seriously, Josh, what does this mean to you to be able to kind of step into this track and kind of continue, as Kerry said, its rise.
12: Uh, like I said, it means a lot to me uh, personally, professionally. You know, Kerry and Chip following in their footsteps is something that um, I'm honored to do. And, you know, as we look back to the 2020 season um, and the impact that we had with COVID and Kerry's uh, leadership with along with the South, state of South Carolina to be able to bring NASCAR racing back um, and for us here to continue to have those two race dates since then, uh, I think it just shows the commitment that state has to this this uh, racetrack and to our sport, Uh, and I look forward, as Kerry said, to getting to know all of those leaders in our community and our state, uh, working with them to make sure that Darlington Raceway continues uh, to drive forward, uh, be a leader in our sport, and uh, to put on two great events every year.
11: Uh, Josh, Scott Chancey with the Florence Morning News. Welcome to the PD. Thank you. You've got quite a consulting team around you with uh, Kerry and Chip. How important are they going to be? Um, as you get settled in?
12: Well, you know, I think you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, and I've been fortunate to have great teammates over the years, um, At starting at Talladega, uh, then at Daytona, uh, learning under Chip and our other leaders there, and, and I know that going forward, um, I can certainly lean on Kerry and his expertise, Chip and his expertise, and our entire team. Uh, I think that's the one thing that we have at NASCAR is it is a team that works together regardless of what department you're in regardless of what track you may be in uh, there's a very common sense of teamwork um, and everybody wants to see each other succeed so i look forward to working closely with our team here but also know that i've got some tremendous support um, on my left and my right if i need it
9: we'll go to
11: hunter and then the Mike. Uh, hunter thomas for uh, Chip, you really helped bring this uh, this track back into the new age. Can you kind of talk
3: about how you know Daytona and Darlington are really working well together, and is making uh, you know Darlington's legacy even stronger?
7: Yeah, I mean, listen, I I get a lot of people that say I, I brought this race track back. That's that's not the case at all. Um, what, what we did was we create a platform that the entire industry got on, and um, it, it, it was fun, and it was different, and I think that's what this track needed. They just they just needed a little boost, and um, our team was really fortunate, and the timing was right for us to be able to do that. Uh, you know, there, there are folks here this weekend from uh, Daytona, from Homestead, from Martinsville, from Richmond. Uh, I think there's some folks from Watkins Glen here. Now, that's our new model where we, we have folks that come support these races. And so um, we have a great team. And I said in our meeting with the staff this morning... You know, we, we are as good as we've ever been. The racetracks are. And it's truly because we have great leadership. Uh, we, everybody's pulling the rope in the same direction. I think you're seeing that. I mean, we've had nine sellouts this year across NASCAR races. Uh, I think that, that's where we were last year at the end of the year. So, uh, everybody is pulling the rope and we're seeing the successes of that. And I think you'll continue to see that, right? We, we will continue to, um, drive the sport forward with great leaders like Josh. Um, and you know, we've, we've, we've seen, uh, new leaders at a number of our racetracks over the last three years, with Natasha Causey and Lori Warren. We're about to announce a new, uh, leader up at Watkins Glen. Um, and they look a little bit different, um, than we're used to. You know, They're new people to the sport. They didn't have experience in the sport. So having Josh and his ex- expertise will help all of us be better. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about that.
9: Go
10: to Mike and then to the Jerry.
7: Mike Ned from In The Pits
10: Media. Uh, First off, Commander, we're going to miss you, brother. Uh, Appreciate everything that you've done for the sport and for Darlington. Josh, welcome to the PD family. We're glad to have you. Uh, Looking at Daytona versus Darlington, your footprint of the overall facility is a wee bit smaller here. uh, But there's still plenty of opportunities to do some different things. Does your vision look at expanding the schedule to some things outside of racing to take advantage of this facility over the entire calendar year? I think that's a
12: great question and certainly something I've thought about um, over the Few months that i've been here just looking back historically at some of the events outside of race time that the track has hosted uh had good conversations with some of our teammates about that um, and i know that's one of the things carrie and i will will talk about but certainly you know maximizing the use of our property on a you know more consistent basis is something that i think we should do we should be good community partners um, hosting events being out there um, making this surrounding community feel like this is their track and so while i don't have any specifics you know at this point in time it is something that uh, we do want to make sure that we're utilizing our facility year-round um, so that when we're not racing we still have people coming out and maybe that sparks their interest in wanting to come back out to a race
9: Go next to jerry
11: Jerry jordan kicking the tires.net so kind of part of my question there was you know with these two guys uh to your side everything's been accomplished here what's kind of left for you to do uh here to to, to bring this you know, continue to build on uh, on darlington
12: well certainly you know kerry and chip um their resumes speak for themselves and they've done great things here but i believe uh we can continue to drive this place forward there may be you know facility improvements down the road that we can look at i mean i don't you know the, the book is wide open really in my mind you know um, Achieving a sellout of the Cookout Southern 500 on Sunday would be a great accomplishment. Selling out throwback weekend in in the spring uh, certainly uh, is top of my list to to try to achieve. Um, And then from there, you just keep building on it. I mean, we've got a full infield this weekend with, with campers. We've got, you know, a lot of activities that we've been out in the campgrounds and visiting with our fans and seeing their excitement. So I think it's, you know, there's no... Uh, there's nothing that needs to be changed or you know done differently, you know, from what Kerry has been doing. It's really just building upon that um, step by step and making sure that we are uh, doing right by this racetrack and this community.
11: And uh, as Mississippi State, guy, you know, there there's probably some rivalries and things there. You might have to to handle that discreetly, huh? It, yeah, you know, Chip reminds
12: there's, there's me. There's only one bulldog. No yeah. cowbells. Yeah. No
7: there's cowbells. Bells. He wanted to give you all all cowbells today. I told him that was a no. <laughs>
12: Uh, but but seriously, you know, I, I think it puts me in a fortunate position. Now, Carrie and I will be, um, you know, going at each other on September 23rd uh, over in Columbia maybe. But uh, I know how much college sports means in this, this state and this community. And, and having gone to an SEC school, its uh, it'll be fun to be part of it and, and really not, you know, have – to pick a side necessarily on the the whole in-state rivalry here but it is certainly you know one of those things that i'm very aware of and and look forward to uh getting more involved in
9: next to steve post josh steve post motor racing network this sport is in a dynamic spot where this year we brought back north wilkesboro and raced on the streets of chicago uh, as president of one of the most historic tracks. Just kind of what's your philosophy? How do you balance the you know, 2023 history of Darlington and, and where we're at as a sport as well? And how do you blend that all together? Well, it, like you said, it's been
12: an exciting season. One that, as Chip mentioned, I think we've announced nine sellouts already, which is where we ended last year. Um, we still have, you know, the, the upcoming playoff events, So there's certainly momentum behind the sport, and I'm excited about that. I think Darlington Raceway certainly has a Special place on the on the calendar right now. Um, I've talked to many fans out in the campgrounds earlier, and they're you know they came back when when Labor Day weekend came back, and that is something that we want. You know, I can't control the schedule by by any means, but it's certainly something that I will continue to advocate for uh, with Chip, and and we want to make sure that those two weekends have an identity. Uh, I think they do right now, which is great. And, you know, we're going to make sure that we do everything we can to keep Darlington Raceway at the forefront uh, of the conversation with our fans, as well
9: as uh, the on-track product that it produces. Do we have any additional questions? Well, Josh congratulations. Chip, Carrie, thank you for joining us. Very special time for Darlington Raceway, and let's have a great Cookout Southern 500 week.
12: Matt, if I, just one, one thing. I do want to recognize uh, my family that's here. Um, you know, I couldn't Um, be where I am without their unconditional love and support. Um, Over many years, my parents took me to my first race in 1993 at Talladega, um, and we went every year until I got into college. So um, that kind of sparked my love and interest in this sport, and I was honored to come back and work in it in 2012 and they have been my support system um, the entire time. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for your love and support, and uh, look forward to next year.
9: Fantastic. If I can ask the gentleman here to stand, we'll get a photo of all three of you here. Anybody else want some photos? Come on up.
0: All right, everyone. Thanks for joining in. Um. He's loading up photos and as soon as I get home, it was a late night. I did all I could do. Daryl, Daryl, Daryl will put you to work. So uh, thanks everyone. It's been great. Three races in a row. 21 days out. A lot of fun. had a lot of people. Took a lot of hands. I'm so selling it, There's not too many, back to bringing we'll some back, but hey, thanks to Bill Providing for Red 38 Mafia, stop by and he'll be in Talladega, so hey, look guys, Talladega, Homestead, Phoenix, my last three races in NASCAR, get ready, hang on, we're going to be there. I'll have a time time with me to finish it up. Uh Mark will help me down at uh it. And I'm weakening in Caldea. So i I'll be track wide. Thanks everybody for being part of the show. subscribe, follow. Come on man, do it.